You guys should turn uh, back with me to the 46th number of Psalms, and then we'll go back to 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, and read a few verses there following. The 46th number of Psalms, and we'll read um, at verse number one. Verse number one, then we'll skip down to verse number 10. Psalms 46, verse number one, then we'll skip down to verse number 10. 46 and one says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Can I put that in times of trouble? Let's read it out loud. No purpose says what God is our refuge and our strength a very present help in trouble. Amen? We know that that refuge, that city of refuge we talked about for the last couple of weeks. Amen? We understand that concept. Go back to verse number 10 with me, if you will. The text says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. And that's a, the that's a topic of our message, be still and know. If you will, go with me to... Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. Glory to God. And we'll read at verse number three. And then we'll skip down to verse number 15. Verse three says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And let's go down to verse number 15 with me. And the text says, and he said, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus said the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but what? But God's. Everybody say, but God's. That means the battle belongs to the Lord. Talking about be still and know. Amen. Be still and know. And again, we started our teaching from that 46 number of Psalms and we shared with you that it's believed that uh, uh, one of uh, Jehoshaphat's music ministers uh, shared this psalm in, in, in appreciation and reflection on what it transpired uh, in the 20th chapter of Second Chronicles. Amen. We shared some things with you uh, regarding that psalm, and I think uh, it's, it's important for us to, to remember that 10th verse that says, be still and know that I am God. Now, what I want to do today is kind of look back at, it, it, at the story of what's happening in, in Second Chronicles here, because we see Jehoshaphat uh, doing something that causes the people of God to rise up and to follow his leadership. Are you tracking with me today? Jehoshaphat, we know, was the king of Judah at the time that these nations had surrounded Judah in an attempt to attack and to take them out. Uh, and I, I, in, in, in looking at that, I always recognize that, that the enemy is always trying to strategize on how to take us out. Because if you're doing anything of any significance and substance for God, the enemy will, would, would, would love nothing more than to render you ineffective in reaching people for the cause of Christ. And so when we get to this 20th chapter, uh, we see here, when you go back with me, 
that the Bible says in verse number one of that same 20 chapter, and it came to pass after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat saying, there cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria, and, beyond, and behold, they be in Hazanon Tamar, which is in Gedi, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Now, again, we talked about the fact that this spiritual leader and political leader uh, of the nation of Judah, which again, we discovered in our historical uh, study on the nation of Israel, uh, there was a point in time where the nation was split into two different tribes, right? The northern kingdom, or those 10 tribes that constituted the northern kingdom, was known as Israel, right? And there were two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, I believe, that constituted the southern kingdom, and they were known as Judah. So we have Jehoshaphat here following after his father Asa to become the king of Judah, but now, when we look at this text, uh, one of the things that, that, that that's, sticks out to me, like nothing more, is that he proclaimed a fast, okay? First of all, the first thing he did was what? He what? Feared. All right? How many of y'all know fear is a reality uh, in, in this earth realm, right? There is some stuff that can happen to you. There is some stuff that can roll up on you real quick. Huh? Some stuff that can come up out of nowhere that'll cause fear to begin to resonate in your spirit. Am I right about it, church? Have you, since you've been born again, had some things that cropped up in your life that caused that sudden fear to, to just kind of just be emboldening inside of you and then your heart start to beat real fast? You start, you start to get a little bit nervous, right? And, and you, you forgot all about what Jesus said and what Paul said uh, as, as the Holy Spirit gave him uh, the, the revelation when he says, cast all of your cares upon him for he careth for you. Do y'all recall that? Uh, do, do you also recall that, that the Bible tells us to be careful or to be over anxious about nothing but in everything through prayer, supplication, and with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which will do what? Surpass all understanding. It'll keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Do y'all recall that in the Bible? But it's, it seems like when sudden fear, a certain tragedy or trouble arises, that's not our immediate thought. The first thing that arises in our minds is fear. And Jehoshaphat right here, he, the Bible says he feared because what? He was surrounded by the enemy. But I like what the text goes on to say because he didn't allow that fear to grip him and to, to become so overwhelming that, it, that it, 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 forgot, it, it made him forget a man that he had a God who sits high and looks low. He served a God who watches over his word to perform it. And so the text says, and Jehoshaphat feared, but the, the, the and is the conjunctive word, right? Conjunction, junction, 
What's your function? Amen. Hooking up phrases. So he feared, but he did something else. The text says he feared. I believe that's that sudden fear, Liz, that comes when you don't understand what's going on when the, when the, when the, when the devil throws you a sucker punch. I mean, y'all have been sucker punched by the devil. You know what a sucker punch is? That means you walking away, you, thought, you think the fight over, then all of a sudden somebody, somebody right behind you, hits you behind the head. That's what the devil does to us. And so, so the text says Jehoshaphat feared and he immediately did what? Set himself to do what? To seek the Lord. So, so that process that Jehoshaphat utilized here, I think is something that we all should do when the health scare comes up. When a doctor gives you a report and tells you that he saw something that doesn't look good, fear rises up. But the first thing we ought to do is what? Set ourselves. Remember I told you that the term set is a medical term, which means that, that you have to, like a broken bone, you have to set it in order for it to heal, right? So whenever trouble arises, whenever sudden fear comes up in our spirit, the first thing we got to do is we got to break that tendency to fear and set our mind on things above. The text said Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And the next thing he did, another word, and he says, well, he set himself to seek the Lord. And secondly, he did what? He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now, again, as I shared with you, Jehoshaphat showed spiritual leadership as well as political leadership in this particular situation here. And I want you to notice his language that he begins to express here uh, and uh, see what, uh, what you get out of this. And look at verse number five. Look at verse, uh, well, I'll tell you what, start at verse four. Go to verse four. It says, and Judah gathered themselves together. Judah is the nation, okay? The southern kingdom, right? Which made up Judah and Benjamin. Let's go to the New Living Translation right here. Let's read a few verses there following. Because I think, I think it's critically important that we realize that if we're going to go anywhere as a church, if you're going to do, if you're going to go anywhere as a family, uh, if, if, if we're going to go anywhere as a community, as a nation, we need leaders who know how to turn to God in times of trouble. We need leaders who, who are grounded in their word so much so that even when they see something that's thrown off, when they see something that, 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 that causes fear or trepidation to arise, they immediately set themselves to seek the Lord. They immediately have influence to the point to where they can, where the people who are up under their leadership will begin to follow them. The text says this, so people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Now watch this. It says, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. Verse 6, let's read. Now, what does he do? All the people came. They, they came from all the towns of Judah. And, 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 and so now we have Jehoshaphat here out publicly praying. Look at what he says. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You, you are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. All he's doing right now is doing what Scripture teaches us to do is to put God in remembrance of his word. God already knows who he is, but he said, put me in remembrance of my word. God loves it when we quote his word back to him. Y'all realize it, don't you? So even in our prayer lives, guys, Part of, part of the reason why some of our prayer lives are not being effective is because we're not praying the word of God. We're just praying some stuff that we're thinking of. When you learn how to pray the word of God, that means you're praying the will of God. And when you're praying the will of God, then God's going to answer your prayer because it's in his will. Everybody still with it? 
Let's watch this, watch this. He says, you alone are God who's in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Look at the next verse. Let's read on. It says, well, oh, our God, ditch, ditch it. Now watch this. Here's what God does. Here's what we got to do, even as we pray. There are some things that God has done for us before in our life as a believer, and, and we can't forget those. We can't afford to forget those things. If he healed your body 15 years ago, don't you think he can do it today? Come on. If he restored a broken relationship, amen, uh, 10 years ago, or two years ago, or three months ago, don't you think he can do it again? See, some of us forget what the Lord has done. And so Joseph had is now just going back through his memory bank. He says, oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? Now, remember, he's talking about the promised land. Because remember when they sent the 12 spies over there into the land of promise and 10 came back with a bad report. Two said we can take it. But an entire generation wandered in the wilderness and died because they failed to believe God's promise. That very promised land of Canaan, these people are operating in now. So, so when they went in, God drove his folks out. But you know what happens sometimes? God people partially obey what he says and don't fully obey. Some of us are like that in our own lives. God tells us to, to get rid of something and then we, we want to keep a portion of it. There are some folks in your life God told you you need to remove yourself from, but you're still trying to text them and, and tweet them and, and call them and Facebook them and, 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 and do whatever you want to do to try to maintain some semblance of connection when some folks are toxic for you. Some people, you got to cut the ties and say, listen, they ain't no good for me. How many of y'all, I, I want to see the hands of all of y'all here who have some toxic people in your life that they just, they just when you were around them, whoo, you love them, but you can't be around them. How many of y'all know there are some people who you got to love with the love of the Lord, but you can't get connected with them? Because every time you connect, they going down, they bring you down. Hello? They bring you down. And every time you, 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 you start doing good, here, here, here's the tripping part. When you do separate yourself and then you start going up, then they come back. And then folks see you going up, but then all of a sudden they say, what happened? They turned around. They got back connected to somebody who they should have been disconnected from. Just bringing it down. Just the Bible says light has no fellowship with darkness, right? The Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So there are some people who you're running with you probably need to disconnect from. You love them, but say, baby, I can't run with you anymore because you're bad for me. I love you, but you're bad for me. And I got to go with God. The text says here, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people of Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? God, he, just, he just reminding God, putting God in remembrance of his word and what he had promised and what he'd already done. Look at verse number eight. It says what? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. Verse nine, let's read. They said, Whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us, and you will do what? And you will rescue us. 
Let's read, skip down with me. Uh, let's go down to verse number 12. Verse number 12. I want to move ahead. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. I, I, I give Jehoshaphat credit for recognizing that he did not have the ability to do this. Now, I want to share something with you because we're going to look back a little bit because Jehoshaphat is at a point now in his leadership where he's fully bought in to God and trusting him. We're going to look back a few chapters where Jehoshaphat started out good, but then somewhere along the line, he decided that he was going to hook up with somebody who wasn't saved, hook up with a heathen king and trust them for his protection and the nation's protection rather than trusting God like he's doing here. Sometimes when you see people where they are, you don't know where they've been. Sometimes when you see leaders, amen, moving and operating and flowing with God, you don't know the whole story. Can I get it with You don't see some of the stuff they went through, some of the experiences they've had that, that put them in a position to be able to lead like they're leading. Can I get a witness? It's just like all of us a lot of times. Sometimes we see people driving, with stu driving stuff, living places, and we don't see the sacrifice they made to get to where they are. We just want what they got but don't want to sacrifice. If they told you their story, you, you, you couldn't even handle it. You just see them where they are and then start envying them where they are, not knowing what they've been through to get to where they are. Jehoshaphat now is operating at a spiritual level that's, that's, that's keen, and it's, it's, it's at a level where God, God, God can do what he wants to do through the life of him and this nation here. I shared, remember on last week I gave you, uh, just quickly, if you can pop this up, guys, I gave you some leadership levels that we have to be aware of, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I just want to, put these out there to you in case you missed them on last week. We talked about different leadership levels and, and I believe that Jehoshaphat now is at leadership level five as he's talking here in this 20th chapter, but he wasn't always there. The first leadership level is the level one we call it positional leadership, right? Position, people follow you because they have to. See, let me say this. As your pastor, I want y'all to hear me very carefully. I don't want you following me just because I'm the pastor. But you do understand that if you are a part of a local church congregation and you say that God led you to be a part of that church, you do have an obligation to follow those who are in leadership over you. Can I, can I just give you give you Bible? Can I give you Bible? Can I give you Bible? For all the people who sit back there saying, well, you know, I, you know I'm my own man, pastor. And you know, I, 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 you're just a man just like I am. Yes, you're exactly right. But let me put some Bible out there for you. Can I put some Bible? Go to Hebrews 13 with me right quick. Hebrews the 13th chapter. Glory to God. And let's start at verse number 15. Hebrews the 13th chapter, verse number 15. Um, no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, go to verse 7. Go to verse 7 with me right quick. Verse 7, glory to God. Thank God for his word. Are y'all with me? Look at what the text says, verse 7. Can y'all read with me? Let's read out loud on purpose. It's what? Remember your leaders who taught you what? The word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and do what? And follow the example of their faith. Now let's go to verse 15 with me right quick. So the leaders who taught you the word of God, look at their example and follow their faith life. But look at what this text says. says. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice 
a praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Verse number 16, let's read it. It says what? And don't forget to do good and to share with those who are in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. What are the sacrifices that please God? Back up to verse 15 one more time. I want to make sure you get this. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus what? A continual, stop, a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming, how do you proclaim? Huh? If you're going to proclaim something, that means that you got to say it. He says, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. Proclaiming our allegiance to his name. If I'm proclaiming my allegiance, brother Jerry, that means I'm telling all the world that, hey, listen, I belong to God. He's my Lord and my Savior. God is leading me to do this. Here's what God is telling me to do in his word. And God, I thank you that I'm connected to you and I'm going to do what you told me to do. I'm proclaiming my allegiance to his name. I'm going to offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That means that when we come into the church, when we're going to, or when we're at home or we're riding our car, offering the continual sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice means that I do it when I don't want to do it. A sacrifice means that I, 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 I do it when I don't feel like it. Because my praise to God is not predicated on how I feel. It's based on how good he is. My praise to God is not predicated on how good I am. It's, so, it's based solely on how good he is. The text says, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. So when you come into the house of worship, you shouldn't just watch the choir. See, I believe some people come to church for entertainment purposes. But look at, oh, they put on a good show. Oh, the choir was, the, 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 the choir was lit today. Is that the term I'm trying, Sean Jr., that, is that the term they use now? They lit, okay? See, I try to keep up a little bit, uh, uh, Nick. They, the choir was lit. Or as the old folks say, the spirit was high. I don't know what that means, but they said the spirit was high. But when we come into the worship experience, it should not be that we're just sitting there watching the choir perform. We invite you to participate in the worship experience. That's why, let, let me ask you a question out of curiosity. Have you ever wondered why we put the words up on the screen? The choir is looking out here. Now, they got a monitor back there, but we don't put them up there just for the choir. Hopefully the choir already knows them. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I watch, some of them are lip syncing a little bit. <laughs> but the words are put up there, guys and girls, so that you will know what we're singing about. And we're inviting you to participate. Can I get a witness? We're inviting you to lift up holy hands. We're inviting you to sing praises under our God. Because we know that the text says, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. So when we come into the house of worship, we ought to, we ought, we ought to be praising God, not just watching the choir, quote, perform. I shared with our, one of our groups that, we, that when we met as a part of our 
uh, refocusing and putting, uh, you know, uh, reevaluating different ministry areas, I said, I don't want you just to perform. I want you to minister. And anybody can perform, but everybody can't minister. Because your heart is not connected to Jesus. You can't minister. You can just perform. We want people to minister unto the Lord so that as you minister unto the Lord, you are a blessing to the body. Can I get a witness? So, but in order to do that, you got to understand true praise. Look at the next verse. Watch this. Watch this. Come on. Let's go. Now watch this. I didn't make this up. This is what the text says. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Don't forget to do good and to share with those who are in need. We ought to bless people when, when there's a need that is discovered and it's a legitimate need, then we ought to be able to, be able to if we're in a position to help somebody, let's help somebody. Look at this next verse. Now watch this now, okay? Because here's to all the, the proud folks who say, I don't need nobody telling me what to do. Or I'm the, some of y'all won't say that, but, but, but in your own little mind, you already have it made up in your mind that if I don't feel like doing it, I'm not going to do it. I'm gonna, I'll amen you, pastor. I'll even nod my head. But I'm going to get up out, out my seat and I'm going to go out this door and I'm going to continue doing life the way I've always done it. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to become a disciple, that won't work. As a matter of fact, that mindset doesn't, it's not conducive for discipleship. And I'll show you that a little bit later on. But look at what the text says. Can we read it out loud and on purpose? Come on, let's read it. It says what? Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Now, I'm not a narcissistic person. I'm not just saying this for the sake of saying it because I'm the pastor of this church. But but this, this operates even in the secular realm, so to speak. Because whenever you are connected to any organization or your place of employment, do you not realize you have a biblical obligation to do what those who you report to tell you to do? Unless they tell you to do something illegal, like you hide this, shred this, the FBI coming. No, no, I ain't shred nothing. Fire me. I ain't going to jail for nobody. I mean, something, you know, they're not telling you anything illegal or immoral, but we have an obligation. Do you realize that your blessing is tied to your obedience? And many of us are not experiencing the blessings of God because we're not obeying the word of God. Oh, I know you come to church, but I'm talking about when you leave the church, are you obeying what you're taught? Or are you just continuing to do life like what you've always done it? The text says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work, my work, is to watch over your souls and they are accountable. I am accountable to God. Okay? It says, give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That will certainly not be for your benefit. You know what hurts the heart of your pastor? Is when, whenever you're continually taught something and then I come to you and ask you, well, remember we talked about this? And you said, well, yeah, but you know, that's, uh, I don't want to talk about the Bible. What do you mean you don't want to talk about the Bible? <laughs> See, when you deal with people, here's what I understand. Sometimes when you're talking to people, they already have their minds made up. And so you can show them in the word and they claim to be Christians now. But if you are a Christian and you claim that you don't want to hear anything about the Bible, I'm scared of you. 
Because if you, if you don't want to hear anything about the Bible, then I can't really tell you anything. And God can't either. Because the Bible is God's word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. So Jesus and God, Holy Spirit are all one. And so if you don't want to hear the Bible, or if you think the Bible and the Holy Spirit can't answer your problem, then you have a problem. Because basically what you said is that God, I tried you and you, and you don't work. And what the, what, what the problem is, is that you don't really know what it means to submit your will to God. See, there are some things that aren't going to change unless the Holy Spirit, you invite the Holy Spirit in to do the work. He works through us, but until we yield our will to the Holy Spirit's will, some stuff ain't going to ever change. I can give you steps one, two, three, four to do, and you'll do it for one week and go back to doing what you've always done because there hasn't been a, a transformation on the inside. True, lasting, outward transformation starts with an inward transformation. If it, if it doesn't change on the inside, then you won't do it long on the outside. Are y'all listening to me? He says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Getting back to Jehoshaphat here. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do it with joy and not with sorrow. That will certainly not be to your benefit. Now guys, I hope you would understand that as your pastor, I'm, I, I, I want to do everything um, that I can to make sure that you are, are living in such a way and that God is blessing you and you have a good concept and understanding of God's will for your life. Let, read, read verse 18 just for good measure. It says what? Pray for us, for our conscience is clear and we want to live honorably in everything that we do. So it says obey your spiritual leaders. Now get back to Jehoshaphat, okay? Can we get back? We talked about leadership position. P level one People follow you because they have to. In other words, you're in a position and they follow you because they have to. Because if they're going to be a, continue to be a part of the organization or you're going to continue to be employed there or if you're going to still be on the board there, uh, you, you got to follow that leader because of that position. That's the lowest level of leadership. Position is a poor substitute for influence. See, true leaders influence. Can I get a witness? And let me say this. While I'm, while I'm on it, there are some people who are leaders but who are immoral. Because leadership, just leadership in general means that the power to influence. There are some gang leaders who are leaders. If you can convince somebody to go shoot somebody because you said so, then you got influence over their life. None of y'all here can come to me and convince me to go shoot somebody just because you said so. I ain't gonna do it. Just because you said so. But think about those immoral leaders. So they, they can influence somebody, but there are some people who have position but don't have influence. Y'all know some of those folks at work, right? They got position, but they, don't, they can't get nobody to do nothing. So level one is people follow you because they have to. In other words, you got that position. And position is the only level that does not require ability or effort to achieve. Anyone can be appointed to a position. Do y'all realize that? Anyone can be appointed to a position. And sometimes we appoint people to positions and they're not really true leaders. They're good people. And, and they got a heart for God, but they're not really true leaders. And then over time, that begins to manifest itself. And you'll see that. That they're good people, but they're just not leaders. Because 
they, they can't influence people to do things better. So they got the position, but they're just simply not leaders. Would y'all agree? Do y'all know people like that? Good folks, but, but really, they, they're, not, they don't, they're not leaders. They, they, they got people who are under them, but they don't really develop and foster a team concept. Jehoshaphat, we're going to see, amen, in this 20th chapter, had gotten and grown to the point to where he had, he had progressed from just being, amen, the king because his daddy was the king. Are y'all tracking with me now? So people will only follow people at this level within certain rules and regulations and policies that they have. And so they're only doing it because of the policy, the rule, the regulation. I don't want you to be coming to church just because the pastor said you got to come to church. You ought, you, ought, you ought to be here because you recognize and understand that the scripture teaches us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And you ought to come because you draw strength from each other. We should draw strength from each other because we're connecting and we're encouraging and we're exhorting one another. But don't just do it just because, but you ought to do it if you're growing in your faith, if you want to become a disciple of Christ. So that's the first level. People follow you because they have to. You don't want to be in that position. Level two is, is what we call the permission level. People follow you because they want to. I shared that with you on last week. Because they want to. Because this, this level of leadership is based on relationships. People follow you because they want to. When, when you like people and treat them as individuals who have value, you begin to develop influence with them. These are, these are some leadership levels that John Maxwell shared. And it's a great book. You know, if you're, if you're leading anybody, if you don't ever study leadership, if you don't ever try to get better at leading, you won't get better. Because everybody's not just naturally gifted to lead, so, but you can learn how to lead. But if you're in a position of leadership, but you never even study how to be a better leader, how to connect with people, how to influence people, then you won't ever really get there. So, so this, this, this level is based on relationships, okay? And uh, so uh, you can like people without leading them, but you can't lead people without, you can't lead them well, let me put it this way. Let, let, me, repeat, let me repeat what he said. You can like people without leading them, but you cannot lead people well without liking them. I'm a, that, that bad's repeating. You can like people without leading them, but you cannot lead people well without liking them. It's about relationship. Third level is, is, is called production. People follow you because of what you've done for the organization, what you've done for the church, what you've done for the company, what you've done for the family. Some of y'all in your family, you're known as the fix-it person. I kind of hate to use that term now because that's being used by a certain person in the, in the, in the, in the news media right now. He was the fixer. Uh, uh, but, 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 there, but there are go-to people in the family. Y'all know them because everybody go to them. Huh? If they need something done, you'll call, call Ginger. She's going to get it done. If you need something done in the family, call John. He's going to make sure it happens. Hello? I mean, and, 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 and so, so uh, people, people, people come to you because of what you have done for the family. Your, your, your past history helps you, amen, to influence others. Amen? So people follow you because of what you've done for that organization, okay? You, 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 you can, on, on this third level, you can become a change agent. You, you can tackle a tough problem 
and, then you, and, and you're not scared to deal with some, some very delicate or thorny issues. There are a lot of people who, who are in leadership positions that don't like to deal with issues because they, can't, they don't like conflict. And so they, they don't do very well because they'll, they'll murmur and they'll complain about stuff, but they ain't going to ever deal with the issue. All right? In a, in a loving, God-honoring way. And, 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 and as a pastor, guys, because of my, I, I, I believe that God gave me a pastor's heart, I've had to learn how to deal with thorny issues in a God-honoring way. Are you listening to me? Because you can't just get up and just throw out at people. That's not dealing with the issue. When you have to, when you have to, to, to face an issue, go and talk to them, or, or, or as even corporately, when you have to deal with an issue that comes up. As a pastor, I've learned that 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 God is going to hold me accountable for how I deal with this thing. So I'm going to deal with it because God, when I get before Him, I'm not going to stand up before God and God dress me down because I didn't tell you the truth. But I'm going to do it in love. Amen? People follow you because of what you've done for the organization. Fourth thing, fourth thing, watch this. Fourth leadership level. And just, again, Jehoshaphat, I believe, when we look at the text, and we're going to see in just a second, he got to the point to where he was, he was, he was at, at, I believe, at level five because he, he, he called, he, he set himself to the Lord, he declared a fast, people followed right up, they, they, they bought right into it, and we see, we're going to see that they experienced victory. Level four, People development. People follow you because of what you have done for them. Okay? That, that, that level is, 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 is people follow you because of what you've done for him. Um, you know, true leaders become great leaders not because of their power, but because of their ability to empower others. If, if, if you're not empowering others and everything got to run through you, then you're not really a good leader. I mean, you, 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 you may, you know, I'm not saying you're not a good person. I'm not sure you're not, you're not a hard worker. But, but good leaders don't just have to have everything done by them. If they do, they hadn't empowered anybody else. Are you listening to me? Okay. Well, you, you said, I said, well, but Pastor, you know, folk, I got up on the media, you know, they, they, you know uh, uh, at work, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, they, I, I just can't trust them. You hired them. You picked them in a lot of cases. So if you picked them, but, but, but you can't get them to do anything, then maybe you're picking wrong. Some of y'all, let me say this right quick. I'm, I'm throwing this out parenthetically without any trepidation, without any, any, any sense of judgment. But some of y'all ladies, y'all keep picking wrong. Hello? You keep wondering why I keep getting hurt. You keep picking the wrong dude. And you keep, keep picking the same kind of dude. Okay. That was just, I mean, I, that, was, that was not a judgment. I'm just, I'm trying to help you. Maybe you need to start evaluating how you're picking them. And brothers, Sometimes you keep picking them wrong. You tell me, I, 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 I understand. You know, every, 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 you know, every, every one I got, you know, they try, they, they, you know, before I marry, they want to take all my money. You know, why do you keep picking that kind of woman then? At some point in time, you got to stop blaming the folk that are out there and start blaming you for how you picking. First of all, did you pray? 
Did you ask God for wisdom and insight to show you who this is I'm dealing with? And people can, I, I grant it, I, I know people can kind of trick you, but if you, if you are a praying woman, if you are a spirit-led woman, God will show you stuff. Hello? God will show you that he, he rank and ain't no good. <laughs> That's an old term, just rank, old rank center. And sometimes the truth be told, you saw it, but you ignored it. Because he cute. He fine. You saw him in the restaurant when you went to the bathroom cutting his eye over this over there, doing this, winking. But you pretend like you didn't see it. I'm here to tell you, God will show you stuff if you are open to his leading. And if you're praying and in your word, God will show you. I got to keep moving, y'all. Okay. So that, 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 that was a nugget for somebody here. Quit picking wrong. Hello? Quit picking those kind of dudes. Because you keep, you keep getting the same result, you come back hurt all the time. Quit picking that kind of lady. First of all, is, is he saved? Is she saved? No, but they keep, I ain't asked you that. The Bible says, you saved. You got values that, that should be biblically based. And then now, remember I told you about earlier in the sermon about disconnecting from some people? Quit, quit connecting with folks who don't have no compass for the Lord. Their heart is not toward God. Don't even go to church. They just started going to church when they dating you. What was he doing before he dated you? Hello? Am I helping anybody up in here? I, I feel like somebody needs to hear this. I don't know who you are, but, but I, I hope I don't sound angry, but I, I, I'm, I, I, I have a pastoral mantle on me today. And I, as your spiritual father, I've seen too, especially, let me, can I talk to the ladies just for a second? Ladies, I've seen too many of you all do good until you hook up with somebody. And in the moment you hook up with some, 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 some fellow, you were involved in church, you were faithful, you were learning, you were growing, you were being disciple, you were helping, you were growing, you, do, you, you, you were doing better than you ever did before. Then all of a sudden you run into him in the mall. Why in the mall ain't got no bag, ain't buying nothing? That's the first thing I want to know. Just walking up and down the mall, he's, he's there looking for something. He's 35 and 40 years old walking through the mall. Now 35 and 40, and he ain't got no bag. He he's just trying, he's he looking for something. He's looking for, he's trying to find a, a chick. Use wisdom. That's all I'm saying. I love you because I, I've seen this happen too many times where, where when you connect with somebody, then if somebody you connecting with is pulling you away from your God, pulling you away from your church, you got to wonder about them. God says forsake, not to send them. And then he's telling you, well, let's go. Every, every, why you got to always go out of town on Sunday? I'm not saying it's wrong going out of town, but you missing church because you connected with him or with her. Hello? All right. That wasn't even part of the sermon, but somebody need to hear that. People follow you because of what you've done for them. 
Level four leaders change the lives of the people they lead and the people follow them because of that. Level five is people follow you because of who you are and who you represent. And here's where I think Jehoshaphat was in our story in 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter. People follow you because of who you are and what you represent. I'm going to say not only what you represent, but who you represent. Jehoshaphat represented God to the people. Watch this. Go back to 2 Chronicles. Now, because again, he wasn't always there. Can, can, I back, can we back up just for a second? Lord Jesus, my time is running. This, this, can we back up just for a second? Jehoshaphat, as king of Judah, which again, Judah was the southern kingdom, right? Made up of two tribes. There were 12 tribes that made up the nation of Israel, but there was a split. Ten in the northern kingdom, two in the southern kingdom. Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. Now he followed his father, Asa. Let's look, look at his father right quick because his father started out right and kind of ended up wrong. Okay? Everybody say he started out right, but he ended up wrong. Now watch, watch the mistake that he makes, okay? Go, go back with me, if you will, to let's, let's look at the 15th chapter of Second Chronicles. And I, I, I got to, man, I got, listen, I, I want to show you this, and I want you to see the father's pattern, but I want you to also know, and I, I'm going to show you, that the son was, was about to make, and he did make the same mistake that his father made. But there was something about his heart where the Bible says, you know, he messed up, but God, God showed him grace. Did the same thing his daddy did. And how many of you know that that tends to happen in life? Sons sometimes do the same thing that their daddy did. Father wounds. Hello? Son acting like daddy. So as father, we have an awesome responsibility. Mothers, you have an awesome responsibility also, but I'm just, you know, but fathers in particular. Look at what the text says here in 2 Chronicles, the 15th chapter. Um, and let's look at uh, verse number one. Start at verse number one. Glory to God. Jehoshaphat, I believe he was operating at this, this level five, but he, didn't, he wasn't always there. Why am I keep repeating that? Because where you are now is not where you have to stay. Where you are now financially is not where you have to stay. Where you are now relationally is not where you have to stay. Where you are from a leadership level, where you are from a, just from a being a disciple of Christ, you don't have to stay where you are. God is a God of progress. And anything living, all, anything that's living and vibrant and developing ought to be growing. Boy, I look back over my 28 years of pastoring here and there's a lot of stuff I've learned. I wish I knew in year one what I know in year number 29. Learn a lot and still got a lot to learn. So don't ever get satisfied with yourself and think you're okay right where you are. Where you are now is, I promise you, if you move with God, it's not where you're going to end up. So in all those areas, you may feel like you're stuck. You may feel like that, that I'm in a bad place. Hey, listen, hang on. You ain't got to stay there. If you latch hold to God and follow his word, I promise you, you won't stay in the same position in the same level that you are in right now. Glory to God. Now, watch the text. Then the spirit of God came upon 
uh, Azariah, son of Oded. Uh, and the, the text says what he, he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa. Uh, he shouted, listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. Verse number three says what? For a long time, Israel was without the true God. Look at these three things. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. So for a period of time, for a long time, the text says the nation was without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without the law to instruct them. Look at the next verse. It reads, it says what? Uh, but whenever they were in trouble, oh, this is what I love about God, and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, they found him. Here's what I want you to understand. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you messed up. I don't care how, how, how deep of a trap you've been in. If you are willing to turn your face toward God, he will embrace you. Now, he don't want you to keep doing that stuff, but, but, but you never get so low that God won't reach down and pick you up. I don't know about anybody else in here, but I am so glad that God didn't give up on me. Hello, somebody. I am so glad that he didn't turn me away when I turned back to him. Glory to God. But whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the Lord God of Israel and sought him out, they did what? They found him. And the text says this. Um, skip down with me. Uh, verse number, let's go to verse number six. Okay. The text says, and, and nation was destroyed. Okay, nation fought against nation and city against city, for God was troubling them with every kind of problem because they had turned away from him. But as for you, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. Verse 8 reads, it says, well, uh, when Asa heard this message from Azariah the prophet, the man of God speaking, he took courage and removed all, watch this now, he removed all the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin and the towns he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which stood in front of the entry room of the Lord's temple. So basically what he does is he restores, amen, amen, uh, worship of God in this country. But now watch this. The text says, in um, verse number 12, go to verse 12, skip to verse 12. It says this, they, then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord. The nation entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. Is that what it says? Look at the next verse. I like this. It says, they agreed that anyone, now what if this was happening today? They agreed that anyone who refused to seek the Lord, the God of Israel, would be put to death, whether young or old, man or woman. Can you imagine that? You, you come to church, you're not coming? Okay. All right, we got something for you. <laughs> Everybody said, thank God for grace. Because a lot of us here know we would have been dead a long time ago. We were out there doing our thing, in the club, chasing it. Whatever we were chasing, snorting and drinking, whatever we were snorting and drinking and smoking, God didn't kill us. His grace allowed us to come on into a 
the old ship of Zion and receive our salvation. I thank God that it didn't strike me down when I was in my sin. Glory to God. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Um, the text says, next verse, next verse says what? They shouted out their oath of loyalty to the Lord with trumpets blaring and ram's horns sounding. The next verse says, all in Judah were happy about this covenant for they had entered into it with all their heart. See, when you go, when you, when you give your heart to Jesus, you can't partially give it to him. You got to surrender your all to him. It says, all in Judah were happy about this covenant for they had entered into it with all their heart. They earnestly sought after God and they found him and the Lord gave them rest from their enemies on every side. He gave them rest from their enemies on every side. Now watch it. Now again, remember, Asa here, it, it, gosh dog, Asa here is coming through and cleaning some stuff up. He even, he even puts, watch what he does with his mama. All right, now watch this now because sometimes mamas put us in bad positions. We thank God for mamas, but Asa's mama had, had, had done some stuff that wasn't right. So watch this. King Asa even disposed his grandmother, Micah, from her position as queen mother because she had made an obscene Asherah pole. Now, you know, an Asherah pole is a pole uh, that, that's, that's made to look like a, a male sex organ. Y'all know what that is, right? Okay. Because they were into idol worship. The text says, watch this. He even disposes grandmother Micah from, uh, from, from a position as queen mother because she had made an obscene Asherah pole. He cut down her obscene pole. Broke it up and burned it in the Kidron Valley. Now, they, listen, they were into some foul stuff. But now God puts a man in charge who comes in and tears down some of this stuff. Can I get a witness? All right. Uh, so so he, 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 he disposed, he took his grandmother, not his mother's grandmother, okay? Took his grandmother off, uh, off the throne as queen, as queen mother. Granny, can you imagine that? I just thought about something. Granny must have been a little bit of, granny must have been freaky. I don't know. Gra granny... Granny erected this Asherah pole. Everybody say, everybody say, it don't matter how old you are. You still can be, oh. Now watch this. So, so Asia does it. I got I to gotta finish it. I, I, next week, will when I come back, will y'all allow me to Walk y'all through the rest of this. But I got to show you this before I close, okay? Because again, remember, the daddy started out right. We're talking about Jehoshaphat's daddy, okay? He came in and tore the stuff down. He didn't completely do what he needed to do, but he, he made great effort. He even took, his, took uh, Asa's mother, grandmother, off the throne because she, she, she had done some stuff she had nobody doing, okay? Now look at, look at chapter 16. Watch this right quick. The text says this, Second uh, Chronicles 16, and look at verse number one with me right quick. Verse number one. In the, in the 36th year of Asa's reign, King 
Basha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. He basically going to choke, choke them off, going to dry them up. So they surrounded and they, nobody couldn't go in and come out, okay? Anyone from entering and leaving. Now watch what happens. Now again, God has been faithful. God has delivered them because they turned back to him. But look at verse number two. He says, well, Asa responded by removing the silver and gold from the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace. Now watch what he does now, okay? They supposed to be trusting God, okay? Uh, and the text says, uh, he sent it to King Ben-Hadad of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus, along with this message. He, 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 he sets up, he's getting ready to set up an allegiance with the heathen king. When God should be their protector and their provider. How many of us are, are, are setting up allegiances with folk who aren't even saved? When we should be trusting God to be our supplier and our protector. The text says in verse number three, watch this, watch this. Uh, let there be a treaty between you and me like the one between your father and my father. Here we go again. He's going back. Let there be a treaty like between me and you like between my father and your father. Okay. See, I'm sending you silver and gold, which he took from the Lord's temple. Break your treaty with King Basha. King Basha was what? The king of Israel who was now surrounding the king of Judah. These folk were kinfolk. So he does what? He bribes. See, heathen folk don't care who, who got, you give me some money? Okay, I'll, I'll cut that treaty and I'll come with you. So he says, break your treaty with King Basha of Israel so that he will leave me alone. Look at verse number four. Let's read it. Come on, y'all. It says what? Ben-Hadad agreed to King Asa's request and sent the commanders of his army to attack the towns of Israel. They conquered the towns of Ijon, Dan, Abel, Bath, Makkah, and all the store cities in Naphtali. Okay? But now watch this, guys. Skip down with me to verse number seven. So y'all see what happened. He, he, he set up an alliance with a heathen king, just like his daddy did. Father wounds, guys, I'm telling you. We have to be careful because a lot of times sons repeat the sins of their fathers. Hello? At the time, Hananiah the seer came to King Asa and told him, watch this, Hananiah the seer, Hananiah the prophet. He says, because, look at this, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Look at verse number eight. Read it. Read it. It says what? Don't you remember what happened? Now, look at, look at, what, he's, look at what the prophet is doing. The prophet is putting in remembrance of God's faithfulness in years past. See, when the enemy comes and tries to put fear in your heart, you got to go back to your memory bank and say, God, you did this for me back then. I know you'll do it again. You hear me back then and you can hear me again today. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and Libyans and their vast army with all their chariots and charioteers? At that time, you relied on the Lord. And what did the Lord do? The Lord handed them over to you. Right? Look at verse number nine. Watch this. And I'm gonna, I got to stop here, guys. Because what I'm going to show you is, is Asa started out right, but, but, but he goes astray here. And we're going to see when we get back with you, how Jehoshaphat 
started out right, and then he, he does something similar, set up an alliance with, a, with a, a wicked king, but then God knew something was in his heart. He knew his heart. And he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't bring judgment upon him, but he, he allowed them to repent, and Jehoshaphat turned around, and we see where we get to this 20th chapter. But the text says, the eyes of the Lord searched the whole earth in order to strengthen those, watch this, whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you've been. From now on, you're going to be at war. Talking about Asa. Because you set up an alliance with an unsaved king who didn't have covenant with God. Go to, go to this verse 9 in the KJV, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go, okay? Verse 9 here in the KJV, and I got to let you go. Because there's some other stuff I got to share with you guys, and I don't have time to do it today. So we can pick back up, can we? Do y'all mind series of sermons? I hope y'all don't, because I just, I just go from one Sunday to the next. <laughs> For the eyes, li, li, listen, don't miss this, guys. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Now watch this. To show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. See, the Lord is looking for men and women whom he can show himself strong toward. And he's going to show himself strong toward people whose hearts are perfect toward him, whose hearts are directed toward him, whose hearts are seeking his will, his protection, and not somebody from a secular world viewpoint trying to protect you. He's trying to seek people. He's he, he going to show himself strong to people who don't trust politics to help them, but they trust the God in heaven to help them. He's going to show himself strong toward people who are not relying on relatives, but they're relying on God. Thank God for family, but family, amen, when family walk away, you still ought to have your God. God can work through family, but don't trust family. You trust God. So, we're going to see Jehoshaphat and we're going to watch him. We're going to see how it is that he begins to make some of the same mistakes that his dad. He made one mistake that his dad made, but he recovered. God showed him grace and mercy. And we'll see how he got to this level five level of leadership to the point to where he could declare fast and the whole nation got in line. I wonder if I declare the fast right now for the next seven hours, how many of y'all will get in line? I already cooked, Pastor. <laughs> Them greens. <laughs> I'm not getting ready to do that, y'all, okay? But, 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 but we are coming up on a time we need to fast corporately, guys. And so we're going we're gonna, to, we're gonna, in, 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 uh, in, in a few, few, few weeks or so, we're going to declare a fast because uh, we need to. But how many of you will line up and do it God's way, Okay. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you.